The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of the show. Just recently got back from my seminar in Hanover, Maryland at Black Lotus Tattoo Gallery. Really gorgeous shop, probably one of the nicest I've ever been in. Awesome group of piercers, and uh, I think the class went really well, so that was a good one. You get to hear it first, I can announce uh, another class for Sunday, May 20th in the Chicago area. I'll be at Old Traditions Body Piercing. Um, That's the studio that my friend Chuck's opened up recently. A couple other bits of news for you. Um, I was planning kind of a memorial episode for Shannon Lorat around mid-March, but through talking to some of the people in uh, Shannon's life, some people that he was close to, uh, you know, I was kind of convinced that, you know, maybe celebrating the the date of his his passing wasn't really the the best way to honor him and his memory, so I think we're going to push that episode off to either maybe around conference time. I can maybe talk to some different people in, in Vegas about their their thoughts on Shannon, or maybe publish it sometime in the uh, the early fall around uh, the date of his birthday. So I think that might be a little bit better way to uh, memorialize Shannon. So uh, I still have that planned, but I'm just going to push it back by a few months. My guest this week is Perry Doig from Rose Gold in San Francisco. Perry is a really nice person, really great piercer, and kind of started to retract from, from social media after after gaining some some kind of notoriety and, and some momentum. So that's, that's something we talk about and uh, the motivations why Perry's not really using social media in the way that, that some other piercers are. We talk about some of the negative aspects of some of the online learning spaces, some of those forums where it can be a, a little bit of bullying and a little bit of kind of mocking people for not really having uh, the, the most up-to-date information. Um, so we talk about how shadowing can be a, a much more fulfilling experience, uh, both as the host and uh, both as the piercer, uh, the piercer learning. So those in-person relationships are uh, something really special. So that's a theme that we, we come back around to uh, more than once in the interview. So let's get into this week's interview with Perry Doig. So, uh, yeah, my name's Perry Doig. Uh, I work at a studio in San Francisco called Rose Golds. I'm the head piercer there. Uh, you can find us uh, pretty much all over the web. Uh, it's rosegoldsf at Gmail. You can find us on social media. It's the same rosegoldsf. Uh, my personal social media handle is my name, Perry M. Doig, D-O-I-G. I'm not a Facebook user, but you can definitely find me on Instagram. You've um you've kind of like drawn back a little bit from social media I think over over time right? It's been pretty cool yeah um I I scaled back a little bit Facebook was uh, taking up a little bit too much of my time I think and dropping that gave me a little bit more free time to focus on the studio so it um I guess it was a little hard to break up with Facebook at first but <laughs> it uh, it proved to be a little bit beneficial as well yeah I you know I I think I'm kind of right on that tipping point with you like I. I use social media for, for work. You know, I talk about that stuff. I, I really try not to talk about my personal life on social media that much because I just think that it just gets turned into, like, fuel for the fire. Like, so, like if you say, like, you know, oh, hey, I'm, I'm doing this fun thing, there's, there's going to be some people that are like, thumbs up, I like that. But then there's always going to be, like, one or two people that's just like, oh, they're, they're doing that stuff, lame. You know, I'm just going gonna, gonna to rake them over the coals for it. It seems like that's, like, 
all of what Facebook is lately. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the other side of it was uh, I started to see a little bit of a blur of the line between having a personal account and having a professional account. Mm -hmm. And I kind of promised myself that I wouldn't turn my social media into specifically a work thing. Right. Because it was, you know, that came about as an outlet so that you could network with people, you could be yourself somewhere, you could connect with like minded individuals. And I just found my account becoming a little bit too much work based and not being the outlet that it was originally. So, yeah, I had to let it go. Yeah, yeah, I mean that makes sense. I, I figure I'd, I'd, I'll still hang on to it and I'll still use Facebook to to keep those connections with uh, other piercers and clients and stuff like that because like, I don't know if I've got however many friends on there, uh, it seems like very few of them are, are people that I've actually met in the real world. You know, like there, <laughs> there's a handful of like you know piercers that I'm I'm like chummy with, but still there's so many people on there where it's like almost disturbing the level where I know people's lives and like the name of their pets and all that stuff. And it's like, man, we've never met in person. And I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. It's weird. It's oh weird. yeah. Social media. I'll weird. give you a, a funny anecdote of that. So a few years ago I was getting ready to move out of my apartment in one city and move to the next one. And about three days before I left that house, my cat decided to jump out of a second story window and was gone. Oh. Uh, and so, yeah, so the, the very last day before we moved, we actually found the cat, but the, the second day, day of the cat being gone i was walking down hate street and a street kid just like a a little burner homeless kid stopped me and said hey did you find your cat (laughs) (laughs) oh man "Uh, first off who are you and where's my cat what did you do with them right they're like oh no i follow you on facebook i I saw that your cat was missing Uh, so yeah it's a weird like a window into people's lives that you never know who's paying attention to you yeah yeah. Uh, did, it, was there a happy story, at least? Did you find the cat alive? Oh, the cat went home. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It was okay. just hiding under a car. <laughs> okay. Well, happy ending. Uh, yeah, what, absolutely. One other quick thing, like, before we get going is, how often do people mispronounce your last name? Uh, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Uh, and it's, or it's usually, uh, someone will ask me how it's pronounced, and then when I say it, they go, oh, that's what I thought it was. I'm okay. Like, it's, it's kind of as it's spelled. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's that... Sometimes you just read it too quick, and you're like, Perry doing? Perry done? Doing, yeah. yeah. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Uh, or I had a, a professor in college who asked me if it was a French name and if it was pronounced Dwag. Like, oh, I don't you even think totally that's how the French with that. Would... Yeah, right? It sounds way more exotic. <laughs> so uh, my, my license plate on my car is Geesh. And oh, yeah. uh, whenever I get like pulled over or have to like explain it to someone, they're like, uh, you want to tell me what a, what what gucci is and it's like um no i don't and I, i've come up with like a long list of good lies and my my usually my go-to one is usually uh it's a band from france <laughs> perfect perfect just yeah spread the rumor your band your old band right yeah yeah it's my black metal band <laughs> so um one thing that we were talking about before the interview really got going was you wanted to kind of talk about uh the, the benefits of, of really like getting out to like meeting other piercers to learn that way. And I think social media is awesome. And I think some of those learning forums can have a lot of really good information, but I, I do kind of agree with you that sometimes you can kind of lose that magic of having like face to face interactions with people. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are, I mean, everybody knows we're in this crazy turning point, even just in society in general, where you, I mean, inter- information is just a click away at any point. And that's a beautiful thing, but we're starting to lose the greatest form of communication, and that's the word of mouth. You know, it's how humans connected with each other for thousands of years. And uh, hats off to Rick Free. He did amazing things with the learning forum, and God rest his soul, I miss the dude. But um, while I was on there, it started as an amazing resource. There's, a, I mean, there still is a ton of information on there. So for young piercers, go check it out. 
dig into it. There's amazing stuff in there. But I found myself playing in a little too much with the sort of bully politics of it, that if you didn't know something already, then you kind of got shot down a little bit for it. Yeah. And um, that was what really one of the big things that pushed me away from Facebook was I caught myself starting to play into that a little bit, even though I think at the time I was maybe two years into piercing. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was either, you know, stay on here and keep pretending like I know everything and just play into the, the sort of social card of it of, oh, if you don't know that and I already know it, then I'm obviously more important than you. Um, it was either that or step away and kind of focus on my craft a little bit more. Yeah. So um, what I did at that point was try to tie down a little bit more of the sort of one-on-one learning, um, tracking down people that I respected and making my way out to go and actually follow what they're doing. Shadowing's been a lot better off, uh, I think. And I don't know, I think it's a little bit more of a, a sort of intimate resource that if you're going to be working with somebody, first off, you get to see what they're actually doing and not just go by what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And people are way different in person than they are on the internet. Yeah, so, yeah that's, that's the truth. Yeah, when you step away from the keyboard a little bit, then the armor comes off, you know, the weapons get dropped a little bit more, and uh, you actually get to interact with the person and not the persona. Right. And that's been an amazing resource. Yeah, um, I've got I a do. Couple... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it, man. Well, I, I was going to say that, like, um, I, I tried to get involved in some of those online forums, and I just I just can't, you know? Like, even the ones that are a, a lot more a lot more positive and forward thinking like the UK meetup forum is a really good example. Like people in there are really genuinely trying to help everybody get better. Not just like, I want to make myself the best and you can all like, you know, be my fans. Um, but some of the, some of the U S ones, and I don't want to say it's just the U S ones, you know, because there are international people in all of them really, but it, it, it's really feels more like showing off. Like if somebody asks a genuine question of like, Hey, you know, uh, I'd like help with this or I'd like a critique on this. Then you have all these people and maybe it's a, it, not as terrible now as it used to be, but you know, three or four years ago, people would just, you know, they'd be like, Oh, you're, you're an idiot because you didn't figure out this thing like all by yourself. You know, like even though I was shown yes. how to do this and you know, I, I had all this guidance and this leadership and, you know, I had to refine techniques. You're an idiot because you didn't figure it out on day one. And it was just really ugly. And I, I still to this day, I'm not really active in most of those forums because I, I just hate that that energy, you know, like that, yeah. um, oh, you don't know already? And it's like, it's a learning forum. That's why people go there to learn. Yeah. Now, we don't want people in the industry to think that it's just exclusive to our industry. Right. Every single professional forum on the internet that's ever been made has followed the same structure it's people get on there they start a forum they start discussion beautiful conversations happen and then when we've exhausted most of the topics that we know then topics get recycled and the people that ask those old questions get shot down it's happened in chef forums it's happened in mechanic forums it's happened in architecture forums it's everywhere so it's not just exclusive to us it's just kind of the recipe for an online forum right and it's a bit of a shame because it's still it's still a great resource but you just have to get uh, – I, I don't know if there is even uh, a solution to it, but getting everybody to sort of calm down a little bit and go, okay, we're not here to, to brag. We're here to lift the people up who don't understand it yet. You know what? That makes a lot of sense, and I, I never really looked at it from that perspective because you have generations of people that are constantly you know, entering different industries, and then they're, they're reaching out for their continuing education – I would imagine that um, all those people that would consider themselves to be leaders in their their various industries, they all had those moments where it's like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about this groundbreaking thing, and then that's going to be part of like, 
you know, our, our foundation of learning. And then when other people come in and they ask the same questions, they're going to, they're either going to give them that like rude kind of like, Oh, I can't believe you don't know that you're so stupid. I figured that out two years ago, or that's going to be one of those like, Use the search function. I don't want to talk about it. It's not worth my time to talk about it, even though someone helped me by talking about it. And yeah, I, I never really looked at it that way, but it's, yeah, that's pretty stark now that I think of it. Sure. And it's, um, you know, how many times have you, say, gone to conference and taken the same class uh, a second or third time and learned something new? Right. You know, information changes. So mm -hmm. just because it was talked about two years ago in a forum doesn't mean there's not something new to add to it. Yeah, yeah. So because I think things should be recycled where, where people start, uh, you know, like surface piercing is a, is a really good example. If I look at surface piercings 10 years ago, I, I guarantee you I could have been like, oh, I've got it all figured out. You know, I do this and I do mm -hmm. that. And, you know, I use a biopsy punch and then I follow through with a taper and then I'm putting in this this jewel whatever. And, and now <laughs> I would be like, well, OK, sure, you could do that, but it's actually way easier and maybe like more efficient if you do it this other way with just a regular old piercing needle. And but then if somebody probably read that information and they're holding it up as like, oh yeah, somebody talked about, you know, punch and tape or surface piercing and, oh, that's what I'm going to base my knowledge on. And then if they come into a talk, a conversation where we're talking about needle techniques, you know, people would probably be like, oh, you idiot, you're still using punch and taper like 10 years ago. So yeah, yeah exactly. You, you have to constantly keep learning. You can't just give up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, bringing up an old topic when you went from maybe well, hypothetically like 200 people talking in a forum to... 2,000 people talking in a forum, that's just, it's flooded with more ideas and possibly different techniques. So it's, I don't think things should just be shoved back and sent to the search function just because it's been spoken about before. Yeah. Bring things up again, talk about it, because that's that's how everybody in the industry grows. We continue the conversation. Yeah, I mean, um, if, so you look where, at, uh, if you look at like aftercare conversations, you know, like that's bingo. constantly <laughs> evolving. Every like six months, you know, there's like a whole new concept of aftercare. Yeah, and the, the more that it's discussed openly and the more that it's discussed with everyone and uh, from different areas with different demographics of clients and different climates, the more we can start to sort of uh, standardize what the ideas are. And obviously it won't be standard all the way across the board because every area is different, but at least we can get a general idea of what works in what places because the conversation continues and not right. just, well, that doesn't work over here, so you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good way to look at it, you know. Um... I, I think I think we, we kind of had some of the same conclusions to those uh, online learning spaces mm -hmm. where I think you kind of started to see is like, well, maybe I'll pull back a little bit and I'll focus more on having um, my personal life and my professional life. And I'm still kind of in that commingling kind of thing of like, well, it's this murky, like, who am I even trying to talk to when I post something on social media? Am I trying to talk to a client or am I trying to talk to colleagues or am I trying to talk to my friends? Um I think maybe you have it worked out a little bit better than me. Maybe I should start talking about that too. <laughs> well, not everything works for every person, but that's just what's worked for me. Um, but I still get my, my little doses. Like conferences have been amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, stepping away from social media, conference is now m more of that reunion that it used to be for me instead yeah. of just picking up on the conversation from last week. And then uh, obviously guest spots and shadowing. I, I love doing guest spots. I don't do nearly enough of them, but every time I do a guest spot at a studio, I think everyone's who's ever spoken about a guest thought says the same thing, but you come home with either something that you want to incorporate or something that you know, you definitely don't want to incorporate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I haven't shadowed a, a, a ton or done guest spots a ton, 
but um, the the couple times that I have, it's it's really like I always come home and I'm like, oh, okay, I stole this idea and this idea. I'm gonna incorporate them <laughs> into my studio. Or yeah. I saw X, Y, and Z that I really didn't like, so I'm actually really glad that I did these things. You know, it can totally either, you know, you you, you learn something to do, or you maybe like reinforce the decisions that you made to like not do certain things, and it's just such a great learning experience. Absolutely, yeah. And then I'm, my my door is pretty much always open for people to shadow as well. So. Uh, if you're a piercer and you want to come out and chat with me and see how we do things at our studio, my door is always open. You can always contact me. Um, that's to the general listeners, not just you, Ren. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I'll cancel my flight then. <laughs> um, but it's a great way to share knowledge, and it's one-on-one. And that's, I mean, that's the most powerful way to learn, in my opinion, is not to be, um, you know, a, a spectator in a big conversation, but to have that one-on-one dialogue and share ideas and work, you know, bounce ideas off of each other. Uh, at least for me, that's been the most powerful thing. So, um, <laughs> one thing with with shadowing, and uh, I don't know if you'll agree, but I think that online forums have created such a level of intimidation for people that they're not really trying to to reach out for shadowing. Where they they maybe they, if they have like a good personal interaction with someone, they'll say, "Hey, you know, I'd love to come out and check out your studio," but. I think a lot of people are scared to to ask that because I don't know if it makes them feel uh, inferior or or whatever, but I've had lots of people message me and say like, hey, you know what, Um, I wanted to ask you something. Uh, I hope you're not going to like be offended and I'm really like nervous to ask you. And I'm thinking like, oh, what, do they need like a kidney or or what? But (laughs) they're like, oh, can I, can I maybe come out and check out your shop? And it's like, yeah, that's, you know, of course you can, you can come out whenever you want, come out on a Saturday and hang out and watch and I'll, I'll explain everything. You can watch me pierce. You can watch me do jewelry sales. If you want to talk about sterilization, I'm, I'm cool for it. Do you feel like, do you feel like it's just people are nervous to ask for help or do you feel like it's because they're worried about being like mocked for asking for help? I think it's a combination of a few things. And I think uh, the two big ones, uh, first off, people are used to being belittled at this point in open forum, which is a shame in my opinion. And the second one is we've all become these personas on the internet or on social media, or even just by people seeing our work or our social media, like our specifically Instagram accounts. Um, there's this false clout involved in it that people see, uh, you know, someone that they look up to in the industry and it's, um, you kind of put people on a pedestal and, uh, I call me a, a, a healthy dose of cynicism, but let's not forget that we all do the exact same job. Mm-hmm. We all do the same job. And, uh, while there's minor tweaks to how you can do things and techniques and, uh, you know, how you sell things or whatever it be. When you break it down, we all do the exact same thing. We poke yeah. a hole through something and we fill it with something. So it doesn't mean that any of us is more important than the other. Just some have been doing it a little bit longer. Right. And most importantly, uh, every piercer out there, I'm going to guess in some way, shape or form was, uh, not the coolest kid in high school. <laughs> so we've all bonded with each other in, in a way. And, uh, it's, most of us just want to talk to like-minded people. So if you ask me to come out and chat, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I'm sick of dealing with people that I can't relate to. Come out and chat. I want to hang out with another weirdo like me. Yeah, and and sometimes it's not even. I mean, shadowing is. is I, I love that experience where someone wants to come out specifically to learn. But I also love those experiences where it's just another piercer who wants to just kind of come and hang out in another piercing shop and just kind of you know drink in that energy and, and see what the vibe is in a different shop. You know, yeah. like when, when Ed came out. Um, he just hung out, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's Ed. I mean, he's like a, 
seriously solid piercer. It's not like he's going to mm-hmm. like learn anything from me. You know, if, if anything, I'm going to learn like tips and tricks from him. But it was just like hang out in the shop. You know, I want to maybe see how you, you know, do your jewelry logistics or this and that and kind of compare it to the way I do it. And then we just talked industry stuff for like eight hours. It was awesome, you know, just being able to have that kind of an interaction where it's like that kindred spirit kind of thing. Like, you know, I, I think a lot of people, I don't know if you feel the same way, but people in my life, you know, they, they understand what my job is. They understand that like, you know, I'm piercing or I'm going to conferences or I'm doing this and that, but I don't, I don't know if they really like fully get the structure of my life, you know, and then when I talk to another piercer, it's like, oh, they get it, you know, like, I don't have to explain what it is that I do and and why I do it, you know, we can just talk as two people and then we can kind of explore all those reasons and our our motivations and our passions for, for, for what we do. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very few of us in the industry are fortunate enough to be, say, somebody like, say, Adam and Shelby Richens, where they get to go home and talk about their day right. with someone who understands right. it. Or like Jeff Mora, um, yeah. Yeah. Or Robin Stephanie Hill. Um, there's a very few, you know, number of people that get to do that. But most of us, when our day's over, unless we seek out a piercer to hang out with, it's, the conversation stops. Yeah. Um, we don't really get to blab about that, especially for folks that work in studios that are filled with, say, tattoo artists. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of piercers around to chat with. So those interactions are godsend for me. I love that stuff. And um, yeah, everybody, you know, as soon as you get that conversation going and yeah, you might have to shake the cobwebs off a little bit or get past the like, oh man, even I'm fangirling over who's in my studio right now. Um, Yeah, then it just, the conversation just flows. And I love that because that's when the ideas get shared and you might even talk about something that you didn't expect to learn something from. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's extremely important. And um, yeah, I, I would say don't be afraid to take the truck out and see somebody who you think is, uh, you know, holding a little snippet of knowledge that you want because odds are they're probably going to be open with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. More so than getting lambasted on the internet for it. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I put out the word a year or two ago where, uh, pretty much anyone who was a volunteer for the APP conference, I was like, Hey, even if I don't know your last name, like, you know, come out to my shop, check it out. You know, I'm not saying that like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna learn life altering information, but you know, if you want to just see a different shop, see how it operates, you know, like the more the merrier. Like I've had some really interesting experiences uh, having people into shadow and some have been positive. Some have been uh, not negative, but a little bit uh, uncomfortable, but like mm-hmm. an uncomfortable way where it reinforces like, OK, well, I'm, I'm glad that I kind of got past this point in my career or I'm glad that I don't have to you know, work under some of the adversity that, that they have to work in in their shop. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be the owner so I can kind of you know, do what I want basically with my, with my shop. But, um, you know, it, it's validating to know that, uh, I've overcome a lot of the, the struggles that these other piercers are having, you know, and it makes me feel good about what I'm doing too, you know? So like I, I get re-energized by seeing other people like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm really trying hard to expand my, uh, internally threaded jewelry selection and, and this and that. And it's, I look back on myself just a couple of years ago where it was like I was doing the same thing, you know, like I, I couldn't afford to have all the jewelry that I wanted to have. And it's uh, it's cool to see people on that on that journey and like different steps along the way. Definitely, definitely. So I, I have a quick question for you. So you guys have a New England group, yeah? Yeah, it's not it's not super active, honestly, though. It's not it's nothing okay. like the Bay Area group. Now we've we've kind of toned down a little bit too because we're all getting so crazy busy over here. Yeah. So Becky Dill, if you're listening, let's make this happen. <laughs> but, uh, uh, that's an amazing resource. So if if folks don't have a, a sort of open dialogue with other 
colleagues in their area, that's an amazing resource. It's like being able to shadow without having to leave your city. Right. Um, so yeah, we have the Bay Area Pearson Group, and that's uh, it's been active for gosh five or six years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a nice way to get together. And you know, a you get to talk shop, so you get that sort of nice little dose of Pearson nerd out. Um, and also it builds a rapport with other people in your area. That's, that is such a good resource to have as the better that everybody gets along, the better the whole area becomes as a destination for piercing. Right. Right. Like for us, you know, we've got multiple studios, great reputable studios, uh, on uh, like a four block stretch of one street in San mm-hmm. Francisco. And if we didn't get along, then the whole area would start to hurt for it. But right. Well, um, I, you know, uh, one, one way to look at it too is, you know, back in maybe the 90s, people were a lot more adversarial where they were saying, you know, uh, sure. I've got I've to protect my, my turf, basically. You know, like, you know, if if a high-end studio or, you know, whatever your definition of high-end studio was or is, um, if, a, if a competing studio opens up, like, in the same town, sometimes there'd be, you know, aggression. Like, those were still the days where you could get a brick through your window or, or whatever, you know? And now... Mm-hmm. If you look at it like a really good example, San Francisco or like Philadelphia or like these other mm-hmm. areas, um, it's not, you know, more good shops are opening and that's putting people out of business. That That's totally the opposite case. It's more good shops are opening and all you're doing is you're just building that that customer base of more people have more options and it just uh, it makes it makes everybody more successful, it seems, you know, especially if you can if you can be honest and, and talk with people and be open and, and be like, you know, hey. This is kind of what we specialize in. This is our vibe. You know, what are you kind of going for? You know, what's your aim? So you're not necessarily stepping on each other's toes. It becomes more like communal and, and more team-based. Yeah. Uh, my favorite way to equate that is, you know, if you drive down a highway in the United States and you want to stop and get, say, fast food while you're road tripping, yeah, uh, you don't just see a sign off the side of the road for one fast food place. Yeah. You see – McDonald's next to Burger King, next to Taco Bell, next to KFC, everybody's lined up in one spot because they all know that even though they're going to be competing with each other there, the more spots there are to choose from, the more people are going to stop. And so everybody ends up making money. Right. So having a bunch of studios in one area isn't a bad thing, uh, especially if you all open the dialogue and bring up the standards. And yeah, it seems a little nuts to tell the sort of low quality studio over here, hey, we want to build you up a little bit. But if the whole area has something great to offer, then it's not just, oh, go to this studio over here. They're great. It's go to this neighborhood or go to this city. And so more people end up sharing that word of mouth because the whole area is a destination. So everybody makes more money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to look at it. Uh, one other thing that just kind of popped into my head, and I don't, I don't know if this was ever your like aesthetic, but uh, I would really urge piercers out there when going back to that, like level of intimidation kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. If you're the type of piercer who kind of dabbles in a little bit of personal and a little bit of professional with your social media, um, I really don't like seeing piercers still get to that phase of like, I'm going to wear a black face mask and throw up the devil horns and look all like (laughs) super metal. I I think so many piercers have had that phase. And once they get past that phase, they're like, oh man, what was I thinking? Like being like black metal, badass kind of, you know, kind of piercer. I I look back at that and I'm super embarrassed, you know, when I have all those pictures and, you know, like Photoshopped blood on my face, you know, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man. Uh, no wonder people used to be like in- intimidated to, to talk with me. And like, I, I'm, I'm not a, uh, an intimidating person in, in my perspective. 
And, um, you know, I, I don't want people to be intimidated by me, but, uh, you know, cause it, it kind of shuts off different avenues of people wanting to talk to you and share information with you too. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you also have to bear in mind that, uh, you know, times change, demographics that are coming into studios change, your clientele base changes. And, you know, that may have been something that could fly in the late nineties, early two thousands, the same way that, um, being super tribal in the early 90s up through the you know millennium yeah yeah uh, that that flew now but if we keep wearing you know giant stone librettes and massive lobes and you know tribal facial tattoos it yeah. might scare off the people that are just coming into body piercing studios for mm-hmm. the first time now and i have nothing against that i i have some of my closest friends in the industry are extremely tribal still i love them to death but um we're taking on a new demographic right now. There's a, a whole new area of clients that are starting to look at body piercing for the, say, the jewelry side of things that that might terrify them, yeah. whether we like it or not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if even if that's your personal aesthetic, you know, no biggie. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I think when you walk through the door of a business, you know, you need to you need to understand uh, who you're catering to, you know. So, I mean, even people that are like, you know, super crunchy or super metal or super whatever, um, I, I think uh, the 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 professionals that are getting um, the the best the best interactions with their clients are maybe kind of softening their look to, to make it a little bit more palatable to the people that are walking through their door and spending money. Absolutely, and uh, you know you've spoken about it on this podcast that uh, all the way down to what kind of music you play in your studio. Mm-hmm. You know if you if you want to have a certain aesthetic or a certain persona yourself, it, you might have to accept that it needs to be toned back a bit when you're in the studio because yeah. your studio has to cater to the people that shop there. And we're going through a massive change right now with the people that are coming into body piercing studios. You know, it's not the subculture people anymore. I mean, we're not even, even in San Francisco, we're seeing such a massive drop in the leather community getting genital piercings even. And that's that's a a crazy thing to cope with. Yeah, it sucks. But uh, our demographic is shifting from that area to, you know, the young college girls or the, their rich mothers and people who are jewelry enthusiasts. So if you want to move into that next phase of body piercing, whether you want to accept that it's here or not, you do have to tone things back or shape your aesthetic a bit so that it is a bit more conducive to that positive environment for your client. Right, right. And, and you know, I, I try to I try to talk to younger piercers too and say like, you don't have to ignore um, the the clients who used to be a central part of your your business, but now they're kind of like fringe elements. You know, like a really good example, leather community or people that are getting pierced because of like a kink or a fetish or something, you don't have to ignore those clients, but, um, you know, maybe it's not something that you want to like cater to them, uh, in the front of your studio, you know, wait until it gets back into the the piercing area. And then you can have those honest conversations of like, you know, are you, are you going for like sexual functionality with this piercing? And then you can really talk to them openly and honestly, but yeah, up front, you know, you need to be, you know, kind of not all things for all people, but you need to be palatable. You know, you need to be mm-hmm. relaxing. And, and again, with the music thing, uh, a, a big deal in my shop is, you know, I, I want people to be um, talking to each other and, and laughing and being energetic, you know, and nothing kills that mood more than when you make someone who doesn't want to listen to metal, listen to metal, you know, like even if you have like some sort of like uh, calm, dancey kind of thing, you know, even if somebody's like a super metal head, they're not going to like hate it you know they're just gonna be like oh yeah this isn't my jam but i mean like who's not gonna like nod their head to like george michael or something you know but if -hmm. you have a a soccer mom come into your studio and you're playing like cannibal corpse like she's probably gonna be uncomfortable there yeah absolutely and even just pay attention to uh you know employee morale based on music yeah 
That's you know, something I have to we deal have... with on my, my tattoo floor. Like, first floor for me is oh, absolutely. Second floor is tattoo. And, like, we, you know, I let them play their music upstairs, but I kind of had to dial them back a little bit and say, like, all right, I, I get it that you guys want to listen to whatever you want to listen to, but, you know, it can't just be uh, death metal all day. You know, like, you have clients up here, too. So, you know, have a, have a have a mix. Have something for you. Have something for them. But, you know, keep in mind that, like, they're the ones paying your bills, so you want to make them comfortable. Yeah, but well, what I mean is just uh, we've – we pay attention to it in our studio that, uh, you know, what music we have on definitely changes the way the clients interact with us. But yeah. even something like, you know, half of our studio loves hardcore punk from the eighties and Iron Maiden. And, but even those folks, you end up putting say like a Stevie wonder station on and they're tapping their feet and having a good time. Too. Exactly. I don't so trust anybody. Even the right music. Stevie wonder. Oh, thank you. Stevie's God. But, uh, yeah, even just changing that music up, it doesn't just make the clients feel better, but, happier music or more upbeat or something with like a like a dance beat to it um you watch your employees act differently too and then if everybody's having a good time whether they want to cope with the fact that they like stevie wonder or not um (laughs) the interaction with the client changes because everybody's in a good mood right and that's what it really comes down to for the business is just like any interaction your first and your last impression are the most important thing and if a client walks in and you're already happy and dancing to good music then their whole experience is going to be great and then they leave happy you're still in a good mood. And as they walk out the door, they've got this beautiful image of your studio in their head. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, whenever whenever I talk to people too, it's it's like, you know, you have to present the whole package and even down to sometimes the, the name of your studio. And I, I just love the simplicity of the name of your shop, like Rose Gold's, because it just, I don't know, it just, it gives off this like warmth to me. Whenever I hear it, it's just like, you know, it's like a place that I'd want to just go and hang out at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I can't tell you how many people call our studio as telemarketers and ask to speak with Rose. Oh, it drives really? us crazy. Yeah, Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> like, I'm Rose. What can I do for you? Yeah, exactly. With the deepest voice possible. So um, was, how, long, how long has your studio been, been open? Uh, so this July, we're going to have our sixth birthday. Okay. Uh, and was that like a, a conscious decision to to kind of plan for the the boom of gold or like what was the what was the marketing strategy in, in coming up with a name like that? Um, so that's going to be all on Marie, who's the main proprietor of the business. She um, she's a, a brilliant tactician when it comes to marketing, and uh, we just kind of have the perfect blend of her having this you know eight steps in front view of what she wants to do Mm -hmm. and my focus on jewelry sales and studio presentation. But, uh, the name was all on her. The, uh, the layout of the studio was all on her. And then we kind of worked together on the marketing side of things. But, um, so she had a studio prior to this for, I think like 13 years under a different name and then had an opportunity to open this with that experience and pretty much no reputation. That's great. Well, I mean, you've you've got a really good reputation at this point. Yeah. Yeah, we've been working on it. It's uh, it's been nice. the The area has been very receptive to us, and um, you know, I guess we got on board with the the sort of precious metals side of things right at the perfect point, which you know, the economy was back on its feet. People were starting to pay attention to uh, you know the sort of frivolous things with purchases again, and so I think we just got into it right at the perfect time. Mm, yeah, well, it's good forethinking. Um, do you feel like you got any any backlash uh, when when you got you know, I, I would say, you know, a, a fair amount of success uh, pretty quickly. Like, I, I hadn't heard your name, uh, and then not too long after, it was like, you know, constantly putting out good quality work and, and really killer jewelry and all that stuff. Do you feel like you got kind of a pushback from that? And, and do you feel like it was for 
jealousy or do you feel like there were things that you were doing to make like valid criticism or, or what do you feel like came from that? Um, <laughs> I tried to think about it too much, honestly. Um, and being, you know, so detached from the, the sort of social side of the industry, I guess I don't hear about too much of it. Thank okay. goodness. But, um, what I have heard a few times is that, uh, I tend to post, uh, a small number of the same piercings with different types of jewelry in them. Yeah. And I've gotten some minor criticism of, well, I'm not that diverse. I'm, maybe I'm not that, uh, you know, skilled of a piercer. I only post five different piercings that I do. Um, and that simply comes down to the clients that I work on. You know, it's, you know, the days of having to prove yourself or validate your work by doing every single piercing or, you know, how many apodravias have you done? Um, those days are gone because people aren't doing those piercings anymore. Right. But, uh, you know, if I only post five or six different piercings with different types of jewelry in it, that's because that's all my clients are asking for. And who am I to try to talk them into something ridiculous if all they want is just a cute little nostril piercing? Right. So I just cater to my clients. Well, you know, it, it's kind of crazy that that's what people would criticize, though, because, you know, I'm, I'm at a point where if you look at my, like, Instagram page, you know, you're going to see, like, nostril, nostril, tragus, helix, nostril, daith, or do you say daith or doth? Uh, doth. Generally, okay. but I'm I not say Dave, but somebody. whatever, I'll say Doth for you. So, but it's like, you know, Doth, Doth, <laughs> Nostril, Helix, Tragus, Doth, Doth, Nostril, you know, and it's like, that that's what mm -hmm. I'm doing, you know, like, and, and my, my business and my jewelry selection totally reflects that, you know, when people come in, uh, now it's like, okay, well, I can give you 50 options for a Doth, you know, and 40 of them are going to be gold, you know, and I can, I can do this and I can do that. And it's like, that's just, you know, you paying attention to the, the client base. It's not like those are the only piercings you can do. But if people walk through the door a hundred times and they're only asking for five or ten different piercings and they're just asking for the same things over and over again, you're going to you're gonna like mold your business to that. You know, you're not going to try to steer them and be like, you know what, I know you want a nostril, but how about instead of that, we'll do a triangle. You know, and it's like that's, that's, not, yeah. what you, that's not what you do when you're listening to your clients. Sure. And yeah, and if you're going to play the social media advertising game, then you should be shaping it to what you, your area is focused on. Yeah. Like I'd love to, if, like I said, I, I don't focus on specifically a professional page or a personal page. My work is just part of the, the, the social media page that I have. It's is kind of like, here's who I am. And if you like it, awesome. If you don't, that's fine. Um, but, uh, the, the clients that are shopping in our studio are specifically asking for those four or five piercings on a regular basis. So if I do want to play a little bit of the social media advertising game, why would I be putting stuff up that? you know, nobody in my area wants. Exactly. Because so, like having popularity on social media or having a, a sort of broad uh, reach of people that are paying attention to you or looking to you for inspiration is wonderful. It's a beautiful thing. And I love having that connection with everybody out there. But does it translate to business? Mm -hmm. That's the big question. If you're playing it for the advertising game, who are you reaching? People yeah. near you or people in Brazil and London? Mm -hmm. Well, that's the other crazy thing about social media these days too is I feel like most piercers are posting to make other piercers impressed and like they're, they're not paying attention to their, their clients because like, it's the same thing you said, you know, if, if client, if, you know, if septum piercings are the big hotness right now, you should be posting a whole bunch of different septum piercings with different jewelry and different options and talking about like, you know, placement or uh, retainer options or, or this or that, whatever, you know, if, if you're trying to say like, well, I know everybody wants a nostril or a doth or a septum, but I'm going to show you this crazy, you know, double zero gauge punched flat thing with 
glass and, <laughs> and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, if you're if you're putting all your effort into something that your clients don't necessarily care about, after a while, you're going to have less followers. And like, sure, maybe there will be some some piercer in wherever that's like, oh, that's sick. But, uh, you know, maybe you can cater to them in a different way. You know, that's what those online forums can be good for is you can say like, you know, oh, hey, I did this really technically challenging piercing. Check this out. Uh, but when it comes to like your social media, yeah, you know, pay attention to your clients and, and you're probably going to want to be marketing towards them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, our studio right now, we're we're making this push to bridge the gap between the body piercing world and the fine jewelry world. Mm-hmm. And there's a few folks in the country and uh, outside of the country who have been doing great jobs with that. Um, but that our, our focus right now is on showing people the nicest things possible that can go into a piercing safely, obviously. But um, that's my big thing with not trying to sort of broaden my by visible horizon as far as what piercings I can do on social media. But more so, I'm fine just putting up three or four different, like it's going to be a conch, it's going to be a lobe, it's going to be a nostril, it might be a septum, definitely a doth. Mm-hmm. But you're going to see those over and over again because I'm not trying to show people the piercings I can do, I'm trying to show my clients what they can put in them. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's smart. Yeah. You know, I, I was talking to uh, to Leo just yesterday about uh, Leo Zeeball, uh, mm-hmm. about how it's not really just about pushing out piercings and piercings and piercings anymore, you know, like, sure, uh, as time goes by, I am doing more and more piercings on a daily basis, but some days, uh, 75% of my work is just jewelry installs and jewelry sales, and I don't see those days as a failure, I see those as, like, a huge success, because we're, we're, we're establishing ourselves as a destination for fine jewelry, and not Absolutely. just, I want to get this new hole poked in me, or whatever, it's like, I have these piercings, um, what can I do with them to, to freshen them up? Sometimes people only want just their nostril or just their earlobes or, or just one or two piercings, but you know they might want to be able to switch it up with new jewelry every three months or six months, and I love that trend in, in body piercing right now. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's it basically, it's work less, make more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why wouldn't we want that? We yeah. don't have to do as many piercings, and we get to make the studio a ton of money by selling nice things for those you know, that one or two piercings that a person has. Yeah. Um, and just because they have one doesn't mean they're any less aesthetically powerful. You know, that you don't have to try to load your client up with 100 piercings. They can have one, but your job is to make sure that it looks as amazing as possible. Right, right. Yeah, I, I always try to um, maybe talk clients out of when they're they're kind of going overboard on piercings. Like, if they if they really want something, you know, absolutely, I will facilitate that for them. But if they come in and they show me an ear that's already full of a bunch of mismatched stuff and they say like, oh, I want something new, what would you suggest? Most of the time, my first suggestion isn't going to be, well, let's add a new piercing. It'll usually be like, uh, let's upgrade your jewelry. You know, like I can I can throw together a really cool set of, you know, matching stones or matching gold or matching materials or, or whatever. And that's usually going to be my go-to is, you know, let's let's freshen up what you have. And then if we want to add new stuff onto that, let's, let's go for it. But I, I think you can get more bang for your buck by... Um, you know, taking something that's already healed and something that you can already sleep on and just putting something, like, really pretty in it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You don't always have to just buy a new house. You can throw a fresh coat of paint on and put a nice lawn in. <laughs> totally. Um, so, the I guess the only other thing that I would say was kind of a weird, uh, I wouldn't say backlash for me, but um, gaining the, the sort of recognition that the studio got so fast was that uh, it started happening when I was still fairly young in my career. Mm-hmm. And so uh, having a lot of attention put on us and people asking a lot of questions to me, I think when I, I really didn't feel like I was totally 
prepared or qualified to give out that advice right away. Okay. That was a bit weird for me because I came uh, up to help spearhead Rose Golds to what it is now um, at about just under two years into my career. Okay. So uh, um, I haven't been doing this for super long. Um, so that was kind of a weird one that we, we picked up so fast. We started gaining a little bit of recognition and then showing up to conference and people asking me a lot of questions is like, I'm who am I to answer those? You know, mm-hmm. do you feel like so that's more, that do you feel like that's more personal maturity or professional maturity or like a mix of both? Um, uh, I think that is more social anxiety. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, yeah, let's, uh, I mean, you, you have to have a balance of ego and humility mm-hmm. to do anything where you work with the public. And I think at that point, getting away from Facebook, I was working on squashing my ego. And the humility was starting to come up again to sort of an even par. And that's when people started actually paying attention to what we were doing. So um, it was just, I guess it was that perfect time frame of uh, we're doing something worth paying attention to. But I just started stepping away from trying to give my advice to everybody, un, you know, unsolicited advice. Right, right. Yeah. I'd imagine that could be frustrating, you know, on both sides of it. You know, for your side, it was probably a, a lot of pressure being, you know, kind of younger in your career and having lots of people asking you questions and being like, well, you know what? I'm still kind of I, I, maybe you feel like you're learning with them still. Um, oh, yeah. And I've had different points in my career where, uh, you know, definitely it was more ego, less humility, stuff like that. And I would I would have all the confidence in the world to answer any question. But, you know, maybe I wasn't uh, really at a point professionally where I should have been answering all those questions. So, Bingo. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I can totally I can totally get where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm at a point, you know, I'm uh, this. What is it? July, yeah, the end of July will be uh, seven years of piercing for me. Great. So I, I'd say I'm, I'm getting to that point now where I recognize, like, yeah, I'm in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. So nowadays I'm starting to think, you know, oh, I'm maybe I'll consider, you know, talking to people publicly about it or maybe a uh, pitch a class. I don't know. Um, I'm getting to a point now where I think I've we, we've got a good foothold and I'm comfortable with what we've accomplished that I I'd be comfortable talking about it. But uh, the early years with Rose Golds, it was uh, still trying to feel things out because the, the shop didn't open as what it is now. Yeah. yeah. Just like any studio. We we are at this point, we're a primarily precious metal studio. Mm-hmm. Um, everything we pierce with is in gold, uh, aside from, you know, using titanium posts. But um, it's it's pretty awesome what we pulled off. But when we started out, when I got there, it was, you know, niobium rings and glass and some cheap knockoff nostril studs. Um, it was a lot of work. So at that time, I really didn't feel like we were ready to give that advice because we were still figuring it out. We were still kind of uh, learning how our wings worked. But uh, I think we're to a point now where I think sharing that information is a little bit better off. So again, to bring it full circle, come shadow, talk to us, right? Um, get in the studio. We love having people there and uh, we can give what advice we have. So um what kind of advice would you want to give someone if they if they are a body piercer out there, if they are intimidated and think like, well, maybe I'm not well-known enough or, or good enough or whatever enough to, to ask somebody like Perry or Ryan to shadow? Like, what kind of advice would you give them, like how to get their foot in the door? Is it as simple as send them an email? Is it just go in on a day and, and chat them up? Or, or like, what do you what do you 
if you wanted to get out there and shadow, like, how would you go about it? it for someone that you had no knowledge of, you know, no friendship with, no, no, no base with, like, how would you give people advice to get started doing something like that? Just contact them and ask. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Just shoot me an email, send me a message on social media, say, hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. You know, I'm like, I'm so-and-so. I've been apprenticing for a year. I just started piercing full-time. I love to you know, pick your brain. It's, it's that simple. If you put, if you reach out to someone and make the effort and show them that you're willing to travel and spend time with them to learn, that's a hell of a lot better than just asking the question you want to answer to. Yeah. 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 That's good because there's only so much you can answer through a Facebook message. You know, I've tried to give people support from different countries, you know, email, Facebook, whatever. Um, but it's definitely, it's tough to, to explain something without showing someone, you know, and it's it's way easier if you can just have them watch a piercing and then be like, you have any questions or do you want to talk about that before the, the next client comes in or something? And I, I love those interactions because even sometimes just uh, verbalizing it, vocalizing it, saying it out loud of what I'm doing and why I'm doing it can give myself light bulb moments where I can be like, oh, you know, honestly, I never even broke it down that much. I was just kind of like doing this out of habit, you know, and now I, now I realize why I'm doing this and... It can be great on, on both sides. Sure. Hey, that's uh, that old adage that the you know the best way to learn is to teach. Yeah. And uh, you you may learn through showing somebody something that you may find the explanation to something that you've I've always said is well that's just how I do it. Mm-hmm. Except for nostril piercings, I do them inside out, and to this day I haven't figured out how to adequately explain how I do it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually had that conversation with Jason King where I wouldn't say it was like. It was an argument, but it was getting close to an argument because I was like, no, 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 it, it works. I assure you it works. But I was trying to explain it in like such an oversimplified way where I was like, you do this and you do this. And his logic was like, no, that that's totally that totally doesn't make sense because of this. And you'd, you'd angle it and whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, but I but I don't. And I can't really explain why or how I don't. But I, I assure you, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, it, that's that's a tough one to explain without like showing it to someone. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. I've tried so many times with that one. It usually comes out something like, well, I line it up like this, and then I, I, do, I push it this way, and it just comes out in the right spot. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> it's magic. I haven't figured it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're wizards. Uh, uh, I'm going to be actually teaching a class uh, – well, two classes. I'm going to be teaching a class in Florida and teaching a class in Maryland, and it's, it's basically all about that. It's you know about freehand techniques, and uh, I, I – learned that if you just take banana peels and you, you pierce it with that, like you can do it a hundred times over right in front of someone. You can be like, do you really, do you understand it? And like this, this is exactly what I'm doing and watch this, you know, watch my wrist and watch my, my finger and, and all that. And you, it can really kind of make it click for people because if you're showing them uh, one piercing or maybe the same piercing a couple times over, they only have like one second to see what you're doing, you know? So it can be tough to, for some mm-hmm. people to really get it. Cause if they don't have a perfect angle or if you, block their view for even a half a second, you know, they're, they're really not getting it. But if you can put a needle in their hand and they can pierce something that's not going to scream, uh, you know, it, you can really see those light bulbs kind of, kind of pop off. And I, I love that stuff. Oh, absolutely. That's, and with any, any craft that you do with your hands, uh, the, the verbal application is way different than the physical application mm-hmm. and you have to do it a hundred, a thousand times before you finally have that muscle memory of, well, I can't tell you like exactly the angle that I'm doing or what my wrist motion is, but I just know how it's supposed to go because I've done it so many times and made those minor adjustments mentally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some things are just hard to describe, but others, you know, you, you may do it in front of someone and then try to explain what you just did and then come up with that. Oh, 
well, damn, I've never actually understood how I was doing that until I explained it to someone. Mm-hmm. So shadowing goes both ways as far as information goes. You, the person who's helping the other person out with information, might learn something along the way as well. Yeah, totally. I completely agree to that. Uh, so outside of, of work, um, I think I've seen some some like videos of you playing guitar. How long have you been doing that? Oh, 23 years. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the majority of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So that would kind of be like if you tried to explain to me over the internet, like, this is how you play guitar. Like, it, you know, it's maybe it's not the exact same thing, but it's really difficult because you can walk through somebody through the technical aspects of playing guitar. But, you know, if they're if they're not musically inclined and if they can't, like, get it with their mind or, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. they can they can think it, but they can't make their fingers do it. And maybe that's, you know, pretty similar to when we're when we're teaching people to to do little technique stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Explaining something versus seeing something is very different. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll come out there and you can teach me how to play guitar. I mean, how hard can it be? Bingo, yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's real simple. I'll just, uh, I'll show you once and, and then you'll get it. Right, yeah. You can do like a <laughs> two-hour long how to play guitar seminar and then you can give me a certificate and I'll put the certificate on my wall that says Ryan Willett knows how to play guitar. Yeah, but you have to promise to go on the internet immediately and blast people who don't know how to play. Right, yeah. I have to put it on my Instagram page <laughs> and be like, oh, what? You don't have the same certificate that tells you how to play guitar? You're a hack. <laughs> uh, any other questions you have for me, man? Well, no, I mean, I think we, we covered a lot of it. So, um, uh, But why don't you tell the people like where they find you uh, in, in the world and where they find you online? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the studio, Rose Golds, it's at 1157 Masonic Avenue in San Francisco, California. Uh, if you want to contact me directly, you can reach me at my email, which is uh, D-O-I-G-P-M at Gmail. Or you can shoot me a direct message on Instagram. Uh, it's my name, Perry M. Doig. It's a D-O-I-G. Um, and I'm an open book. So if you're a piercer and you have questions for me and you want to come out, please contact me. We, I love having folks out. Uh, I love that interaction. And if you are a client and you have questions for me, I'm not going to talk to you about procedural stuff, but um, I'm an open book. Pick my brain. Please contact me. Um, let's open that dialogue. Uh, everyone's welcome. Awesome. Well, hopefully I can, uh, next time I make it out to San Francisco, I can come and, and check out the shop and hang out with you for a little bit. Oh, please do. Yeah, you're always welcome here. Thanks. And, uh, you know, if I don't see you there, I'll, I'll definitely see you uh, in Vegas this year, right? You're going to be at a conference? Oh, I'll be there. Definitely. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me, Perry. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for talking to me, Perry. I always appreciate it when busy piercers have some time to sit down and and talk to me for the show. If uh, anyone out there is interested in that class I mentioned, Sunday, May 20th in the Chicago area, feel free to email me at ryanpba at gmail.com and uh, we can get you set up for early registration. The info should be up at precisionbodyarts.com slash seminars within uh, a few days of me publishing this show. That'll have uh, more information about the, the content, the pricing, the registration process for that class. Uh, don't forget, I've also got a short seminar at the Boston Tattoo Convention coming up at the end of April. Registration is still open for that. You can email me again at ryanpba at gmail.com, and I'll get you set up for that. It's going to be the bevel theory portion of my all-day freehand class. It's really going to be the the most important part of that uh, that freehand full-day class. It'll be a, a slideshow, and it'll be some live demonstration. So if you're in the Boston area or within driving distance of the Boston area, uh, come on down to the seminar. It should be about two hours long, and I'm really going to, to pack it full of a, a lot of information for everybody.
So I just want to say thanks again for listening. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been sending all the, the kind feedback. Uh, I really appreciate you know each and every person who tunes into the show. Um, if you get a chance, give me a subscribe on uh, on iTunes or Google Play Music, You know, however you're listening to the show. Um, it really helps uh, with, with numbers and tracking and to find out you know who's listening to the show and when they're listening to the show and really kind of helps me with like publishing information. So uh, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to it. Uh, follow me on Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. Like the page. Do all that good stuff. And uh, again, just thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I'll be back next week with another episode for you. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.